We're back. How will we evolve? The answer is very scary. Scientists will show us what they expect we're going to look like. And it ain't pretty. I got that coming up. Why are you so afraid? Now, this is a new subject. Why are you so afraid? We're going to talk about that. And one of the world's biggest polluters is sponsoring a climate conference. Yeah. Makes perfect sense, doesn't it? All right. Welcome to the Jay Sheldon Show. I'm that guy. I'm Jay Sheldon, and I approve this message. Uh, You know, we don't have that kind of political television advertising as crazy as it is in the U.S. here in Malaysia. But in the U.S., I know they've spent millions and hundreds of millions of dollars, and you cannot tune tune in a radio or turn on a television that you don't have political ads everywhere. Tomorrow is the day, the big day. Uh, In fact, here in Malaysia, it's just a couple of hours away because it's 10 o'clock at night. <clears throat> but there in uh, the U.S., where your uh, midterms are about to happen, uh, it is just Monday morning, and you're getting ready, and tomorrow is the day. Be sure you vote. Be sure you vote. Vote in person. Bring friends with you who are registered and have them vote. Do what you can. All right. Uh, what else? Oh, yeah. I just wanted to mention... Have we heard anything about the Paul Pelosi case lately? Kind of disappeared fast, didn't it? Hmm. Yeah. Well, thankfully, some people are not letting it go. And so hopefully we will we'll find out more about that. All right. Let's find out about our favorite little furry friend right now. Miko update. Me, 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 Miko update. Ning, 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 Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I did not set up my little thing here, so let's do that now. Boop! There she is. (laughs) There she is in her favorite pose. Miko's doing great, and uh, she's she's been off her food lately. She is on her cycle, as you know. Uh, She's right in the middle of it, and everything is going great. No issues, no problems. But uh, one thing that has happened this time is it's affected her appetite really bad. She's just not interested. She nibbles at the kibbles now and then, but she won't eat her wet food. Even if we try and hand feed her, we try and coerce her, we we add cookies to her wet food, nothing works. She's just, you know, hormones going crazy. So, and there she is barking in the background. (laughs) But uh, yeah, she's doing great. And uh, she's... uh, She's hanging out downstairs right now. So, um, cool beans. Uh, she is uh, she is surviving her cycle. Miko update, of course, brought to you by the folks at BarkBox.com slash Miko. That's our special link, which will get you an extra free month when you sign up for a multi-month subscription. What is BarkBox.com? It is a monthly subscription service. You can order just one if you want, but... When you get one, I promise you're going to want more because they're so cool. You get a box every month that has a theme to it. And um, it's got toys, three or four toys. It's got uh, a couple of few bags of treats, all natural treats, and a dog chew. 
Every month you'll get the box and every month is a different theme. In fact, let me just click on this part here says monthly themes and check this out. Here's their uh, Thanksgiving box, given thanks, gobble gobble. Uh, they had a Halloween party. Look at these toys, these are great. You can specify, by the way, small, medium or large. And um, that way the toys and the treats and chews will all come sized for your dog. Also, you can specify if your dog has any allergies, you know, beef, chicken, seafood, and they'll be sure that you don't get that. So every they've done Star Wars, Stranger Things from Netflix. They did Jurassic World, the NBA. Uh, look at this. This is fantastic. Every month you get this box. Now, you can just sign up, as I said, for one month. But if you sign up for six months and you use our link, BarkBox.com slash Miko, M-I-K-O, you will get a free month. If you sign up for 12 months, you get 13. Six months, you get seven. So it's definitely worth it. And trust me, these guys are the best. They have a 100% customer satisfaction guarantee. You will love it or they will make it right. BarkBox.com is the site. And uh, here it is right here. You can uh, You can check it out. Now, sadly... It only applies to folks in the U.S., U.S. territories, and Canada. Other parts of the world, they don't ship internationally <clears throat> yet. But if you either have one of those forward shipping services, you could use that. Or if you have a friend in the U.S., they, you could have it shipped to their house and then have them forward it on to you. You could do it that way. So there you go. That is BarkBox.com. Use our special link. It's in our show notes tonight. BarkBox.com slash Miko. M-I-K-O, and you will get that special deal. Ah, very cool. All right. Yes, we are live once again across Facebook, YouTube, Twitch.tv, and Rumble.com. Larry, hey, Larry Pilka, hey there. Breathing hurt. No, uh, no, let me, uh, just a, a brief bit. I, I told you, I told folks uh, earlier, but in case you missed it, uh, we originally were going to breed Miko and have her have a litter of puppies and then have her fixed. And, you know, just because we thought it would be nice to give her that experience of being a mom, I think Miko would make a great mom. But um, we had second thoughts about it. And so we decided not to. Um, consequently, after this cycle is over, once she has recovered, uh, then we will have her fixed. And uh, that'll be the end of that story. So, yeah. Um, okay. So yes, we are live on all four platforms. And you know what? I just, I happen to think, I'm always telling you, Rumble is our main channel. We love the folks at Rumble. They do a fantastic job over there. And I keep encouraging you to go over and sign up for a free account at rumble.com. But you know, I just realized I never, maybe you've never seen Rumble. And so here it is. This is actually my account on Rumble, but this is the front page where they have top videos. Uh, here you go. We've got news, viral podcasts, battle leadership board, uh, what else we got here? Finance, uh, entertainment, uh, sports, science, vlogs, all kinds of cat look, gaming, cooking, music. It's all there. And all these videos can be found on rumble.com. Yes, there is a lot of conservative content on rumble, but Anyone is welcome. You want to start your own channel? You don't have to start a channel, by the way, to sign up for an account. You just uh, you just sign up for an account and watch videos. And if you do, please check out Jay Sheldon or the Jay Sheldon Show. And uh, be sure you subscribe over there on Rumble. 
This is the actual platform of Rumble. There is an app which you can have on your phone. That also works great. But you can also go directly on a browser, like I've done here, uh, to rumble.com and check things out where we are live right now on rumble.com. All right. Uh, let's see. What else we got happening here? Oh, yeah. Mm, our stories tonight. <laughs> oh, man. <sighs> you know, things change. And sometimes not for the better. This is the weirdest, weirdest story. It's from the mirror.co.uk. And it is a terrifying image of how people will look as we evolve. Take a look at this. How strange is that? Tech neck, claw, and smaller brains. Well, it seems like we're headed there now, so that won't be that much of a change. Researchers from toll-free forwarding created Mindy to show what people could look like by the year 3000. And they predict that due to our resilience, uh, our reliance rather, on technology, our posture will change. Uh, technology essential to our day-to-day -day lives, of course. You're using it right now, as am I. Uh, people are guilty of looking at their phones a little bit too much, and whether it's for online shopping, checking social media, but it's not just phones. A lot of people that work in offices, spending their time sitting in chairs, looking at large screens, typing on a keyboard in front of them. Some suspect this could be bad for humanity, mm, you think? <laughs> yeah, very short arms. Wait till you see this picture. It's coming up. Uh, researchers have created Mindy, which is a model of what humans could evolve into by the year 3000. A thicker neck, hunched over posture, and a smaller brain. It is a horrifying glimpse into the future that could be waiting if man, uh, for mankind if the predictions are correct. Look at that. That's what scientists are saying we might evolve into looking like because of our current lifestyle. See that hunched over, thick neck, smaller head, smaller brains, claw hands. The claw hand, that comes from holding the mouse, I think. <laughs> this is a hunched. Look at the back. Look at that. This is absolutely scary. Absolutely scary. But this is what they say you and I could wind up looking like. Well, you and I will be dead by then. But our, our ancestors. Man, a spokesperson said technology has revolutionized the way we do business, whether it's instant access to knowledge through a device in our pockets or the ability for business to expand into new markets all over the world with a virtual phone number. Uh, the scope of technology's impact is limitless. And this trend shows no sign of letting up. And while this has been great for job creation, productivity, learning new skills, there is a downside in the growing body of evidence that covers the negative effects technology can have on our bodies. Look at this. Our elbows could be permanently stuck at a 90-degree angle, which is better for holding phones. <laughs> Arched back and neck, text claw, 
nine-degree elbow, thicker skull, and a smaller brain. Mm. If you want to read all the details, you can find them in our show notes tonight as the top link in our show notes. Just check that out. It's got some really scary stuff in there about what we could look like come the year 3000. And that's not actually all that far away. All right. Um, A friend of mine posted this. It is a public post. So I'm not sharing any stories out of school. But when I saw this, it really kind of concerned me. Because I don't know why the person who posted this should feel this way. Actually, maybe I do know why. Because the mainstream media has done everything it can to try and scare the hell out of you. When Cassandra posted this, it's a funny picture. A couple of Dobermans and a cat hiding up against the wall, trying to avoid the Dobermans. And she wrote, How I feel about elections these days. May you have a wonderful weekend. Fill your days with love and joy. I love, I love you, Cassandra. You, you have the most amazing posts. Um, but this should not be how you feel about elections. Whichever way you're going to vote. I mean, I think I make it pretty clear which way I vote. But no matter which side you support, you should not be afraid of the other side. And by the way, this crap about democracy being at stake. Do you listen to yourself when you say that? Do you realize the absurdity of what you're saying? Democracy is the very act of voting, which is what you're going to do. Democracy is not at stake. Whether your side wins or loses, and what policies come into effect, depending upon who's in charge, those things change. But the very fact that you are able to go to a voting booth and cast your ballot is democracy. And that's not going to change. Democracy is not in danger. That's a bullcrap piece of propaganda made to scared you like this picture that's a shame that you would feel that way about democracy in action seriously all right what else we got oh we've got hypocrisy going crazy yes uh this is from Global Voices. The link, <coughs> excuse me, the link is in our show notes. Hang on, I need a coffee break. Oh, that's good coffee. Okay, <coughs> one more. Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola, the world's largest plastic polluter, is sponsoring COP27. And here's why that's a problem. Climate activists are not impressed. COP27 is this climate, you know, where all the bigwigs and important people, they'd like to think, fly their jets 
private jets and have a conference wasting tons of carbon and all that crap. Anyway, Coca-Cola, which is the world's largest producer of plastics, consequently one of the world's largest polluters, in a massive feat of irony, Coke, the world's largest plastic polluter, is sponsoring COP27, the world's largest annual environmental conference, which takes place in Sharm el-Sheikh, Egypt. It's going on right now. Uh, there's plenty to criticize about this year's COP27 summit, like Egypt's human right abuses would be one, civil society crackdowns. Coke sponsorship is incredibly problematic and may even set back the environmental and anti-plastic movements. Egypt announced the sponsorship deal at the end of September, and Coke immediately seized on the positive publicity. Coke Global Vice President Public Policy and Sustainability, Michael Goltzman, said, Through the COP27 partnership, the Coca-Cola system aims to support collective action against climate change. Activists, rightfully, are pushing back. Disgraceful. Now, Greenpeace is a group I don't particularly agree with because I don't like their methods. But they had this to say, the biggest plastic polluter, Coca-Cola, is sponsoring COP27. 99% of plastics are made from fossil fuels. The partnership undermines the very objective of the event it seeks to sponsor. <laughs> Civil society organization Clean Up Kenya called the move disgusting noted that nearly half the plastic bottles found in Kenya could be traced back to Coke. Yeah. Indonesia, our neighbors to the south here in Malaysia, a country notoriously overrun with plastic pollution, has experienced this firsthand, according to Nina Van Tulen, founder and director of the Indonesian Waste Platform. You go to most remote villages here, hours from anywhere, and there is bottled water and Coke. And then people in the village burn the bottles. Companies have made an effort to get their products to these villages, but they don't make an effort to get the plastic bottles back from the villages. So they burn them. Very nice. Story goes on and on. Check it out. The link is in our show notes, and uh, I encourage you to check this out. Find out more about the stupidity of these climate conference fools. Hey, did you check the, on Saturday night, as you know, we didn't do a show, but did you check the link that I posted? <laughs> it was from Futurism. And, and you, I just, I want to touch on it briefly in case you already saw it. Asking the public to name a probe to Uranus may have been a mistake. You're really asking the internet to name a probe going to Uranus? Yeah. They must have seen it coming. A space exploration enthusiast account on Twitter asked the internet to name an upcoming mission to the planet Uranus in what almost feels like a setup for the world's worst punchline, considering the public's endless interest in potty humor and butt-related puns. And yes, it went mildly viral in a hail of scatological references. 
Seems like the perfect time for Astroglide to sponsor space exploration, one user suggested, referring to a popular brand of personal lubricant. Uh, Operation Butt Plug was another one. You really asked the internet to name a probe going to Uranus? Jokes aside, there were rather serious implications of this kind of humor. I do truly worry that it will make it difficult to actually get a mission to study this planet because I think NASA would be sensitive to these headlines. <laughs> so don't ask the question, you morons. <laughs> uh, anyway, I posted that on Saturday. Hopefully you, uh, you had a look at it and um, got a laugh. I knew that wasn't going to go well. It's just one of those things you know. <clears throat> All right. Hey, check this out. This is the coolest thing. Got a couple of good news stories. Then we're going to get on to our book. Larry says, very short arms. Yeah. <laughs> we won't need them. All we need is this. We don't even need our elbows anymore. We just need these. That's it. So we can look at our phones. It's going back to our first story. Evolving. In, uh, where is this? Uchacha, Argentina. Can you tell what this is? I know. It looks like a big pole attached to another big pole. Well, that kind of is what it is. In Uchacha, Argentina, they replaced all their wooden light posts with concrete ones. However, there were woodpeckers who had built nests in holes they'd punched into the wooden posts. So check out what this company did. They cut the wooden post and strapped it to the new concrete post at the same height it used to be when it was a wooden post. Voila, the nests were saved. What a... You know, I mean, they didn't have to go. They said, yeah, big deal. A bunch of woodpecker nests. Who cares? Cut them down, throw them away. But they didn't. They actually cut the posts with the woodpecker's nests and attached it at the same height as the new concrete posts. That is the coolest thing. You want to talk about doing something right for the environment. There you go. There you go. That is cool. That story and the link to that is in our show notes. If you want to check it out, please do. Uh, it's it's uh, it's well worth your time. And give it a share, too. Give these guys a tip of the hat. All right, I got one more for you, and, uh, and it's a classic. <laughs> it is so cool. Warms my heart. It does go back about a week. As you know, Halloween was the end of last month. But uh, this, from News Channel 10, I assume is somewhere in the U.S., a ring doorbell caught this sweet moment. Oh, in North Dakota, yeah. Trick-or-treaters in North Dakota did not hesitate. They came up to this uh, this house, which had a bowl of candy for trick-or-treaters out front, and the bowl was empty. Well, we've got Harry Potter, Potter and Hermione here, but take a look at what happens. Watch this video. The bowl's empty, so what do they do? They reach in their own bags and they refill. Look at that. They refill the bowl from their own candy bags so that the other trick-or-treaters 
won't go without. Man, I'm telling you, that is, yeah. Amazing. Look at that. There you go. Incredible. Wow. In fact, one of the comments, you're exactly right. Amazing to see these kids have some great parents. And I'm glad to see that these uh, they took uh, everything in that they were taught. Yeah, exactly right. Wow. Warms your heart. That is so incredibly nice. Wow. What a great story. Fantastic. All right. And let's see. What else we got going? Oh, I know. Our book, Bambi. We've been reading Bambi. We read books on this show in the last part of the program. We've been doing that from the very beginning. We've done The Wizard of Oz, Harry Harry Potter, The Wizard of Oz, uh, Little Prince, Alice in Wonderland, Peter Pan, Winnie the Pooh, uh, so many classic books. We'll do more, of course. Right now, we are doing Bambi. And uh, Bambi was originally written in German by, uh, wait a minute, here we go. There we go. Felix Salton was the original author of Bambi. And uh, we've found from reading this book that it's really very, very close to the original Disney animation film, which is, I think, the only other time Bambi's ever been put on film. Um, the classic from back in the 60s. And uh, so we, uh, we will continue on with uh, Bambi. As you know, him has returned. There was a frenzy smelling the air like never before. There was now nothing left to examine. The smell entered their noses, befogged their senses, and made their hearts freeze. The magpies were still playing about, the jays above them were yapping, but now there was agitated movement everywhere. The tits swished between the branches, hundreds of little feathery balls, and chirped away, away, the blackbirds rushed and lightning fast above the trees, with long, drawn-out screams of chirping as they flew. The deer looked down at the white snow through the network of bare twigs on the bushes and saw a confused rush of small, shadowy figures as they ran to and fro. There were pheasants. Further away, there was a shimmer of red that was actually the fox, but no one was afraid of him now for continuous broad waves of that dreadful smell wafted to them, breathing alarm into their minds and uniting them all into one crazy fear and into one feverish desire to flee, to save themselves. This mysterious, overpowering scent permeated the wood with such power that they could tell he was not alone this time, seemed to have come with all his friends, and things were at their most extreme. They did not move. They watched the tits as they hurried away with frantic flapping of their wings. The blackbirds, the squirrels rushing away, leaping from one treetop to another. They thought these little ones had no good reason to be afraid, but they nonetheless understood why they fled when he could be smelt. There was no creature in the forest who could bear to have him anywhere near. Now our friend the hare hopped away hesitantly, sat still, and hopped further. How does it look? Karis called to him impatiently. 
But our friend the hare just looked around, madness in his eyes, and couldn't speak straight away. He was very disturbed. What's the point of asking? said Ronnie grimly. Our friend the hare gasped for breath. We're surrounded, he said in a monotone. There's no way out on any side. He's everywhere. Just then they heard his voice. Twenty times, thirty times, he called out, Ho, ho, ha, ha! It rang out and shook them more than thunder and lightning. It struck the trunk of the trees which trumpeted the sound out. It brought them horror. It threw them down. A distant rustling and crackling of the undergrowth as the bushes were pushed apart and the sound forced itself over to them. The screams and bangs of twigs as they broke. He was coming. He was coming right here into the thicket. Now behind them, they could hear short whistles and thrills. Already there was a pheasant there standing up as he heard his steps. He heard the flapping of the pheasant's wings fading as he rose high into the air. A flash, a clap of thunder. Quiet. Then the muffled sound of something hitting the ground. The pheasant has fallen, said Bambi's mother with a shudder. The first, added Rano. Then Morena, the young girl, spoke. There are many of us who are going to die very soon. I might be one of them. No one listened to her. Now the great terror was among them. Bambi tried to think, but the raging noise which he had raising higher and higher, tore all his thoughts apart. Bambi could hear nothing but this noise, a noise that made you numb. And in among all this howling, bellowing, and banging, he could hear the thump of his own heart. All he felt with curiosity, and completely unaware that his limbs were shaking. Now and then his mother came close to his ear and said, Stay with me. She shouted, but in all that uproar, it seemed to Bambi that she was whispering. This stay with me offered him some support. It held him fast as if it were held in place with a chain. Otherwise, he would have run away without a second thought. And he always heard it again just when he would have lost self-control and fled. He looked around. There was a crowd of many people running around in a blind panic behind each other. A pair of weasels ran past slender lines like a snake where it nearly impossible to follow with the eye. A polecat listened spellbound for all the information he could get from the stuttering, confused hare. The fox stood there among the discorded rush of the pheasants. They paid no attention to him, ran right past his nose, and he paid no attention to them. Without becoming excited, his head stretched forward, his ears pointing up high, his nose working hard. He strained himself to hear through the tumult as it came closer. The only thing moving was his tail. It looked as if he were straining to think. A pheasant hurried past, out from behind one of the most serious danger, and he was in a panic. Don't go up there, he shouted to the other birds. Don't go up there, just run. 
Don't let them get you. Nobody go up there. Just run, run, run. He kept on repeating the same thing, as if he were trying to warn himself. But he no longer knew what he was saying. A clamor of ho-ho, ha-ha seemed to come from somewhere quite close. Don't let them get you, called the pheasant. At the same time, his voice suddenly became a whistle-like sobbing. With a loud rattle, he spread his wings and flew upward. Bambi watched him as he went, flapping his wings loudly, flying up directly and steeply between the trees. His resplendent body glittering with its metallic dark blue gold-brown sheen as majestic as a precious gem. The curt thunderclap rang out sharp. The pheasant in the sky collapsed suddenly into himself, twisted himself round as if trying to snap at his feet with his beak, and hurtled heavily to the ground. He felt in the middle of others and moved no more. Now no one was able to stay calm. They all rushed away from each other. Five, six pheasants rose into the air with noisy clattering. Don't go up there, shouted the others as they ran. The thunderclap came again five times, six times, and some of those who'd flown up in the air fell back to the ground, lifeless. Now come with me, said Bambi's mother. Bambi looked up. Rano and Karis uh, had already gone. Mrs. Netta had also disappeared. Only Marina was still with them. Bambi went with his mother. Marina demurely followed them. All around them was upheaval, loud cracks, bellowing and thunderclaps. Bambi's mother stayed calm. She was trembling just slightly, but she kept her thoughts together. Bambi, my child, she said, always stay right behind me. We've got to get out of here and across the clearing. But here inside, we need to go slowly. The bellowing became more hurried. The thunderclaps came ten, twelve times, thrown out from the hands of him. Stop that, said Bambi's mother. Don't run. Once we've gone past the clearing, then run. Run as fast as you can. And Bambi, my child, don't forget. You shouldn't pay me any attention once we've reached the outside. Even if I fall... Pay me no attention. Just keep going. Keep going. Do you understand, Bambi? His mother made deliberate steps with the booming noise. The pheasants ran in all directions, pressing themselves into the snow, jumped out again, started to run once more. The whole family of the hare jumped here and there, sat down, ran again. No one spoke a word. They were all exhausted with the fear, crippled by all the bellowing and the thunderclaps. Ahead of Bambi and his mother, it was getting lighter. Through the cage work of the bushes shone the clearing. Behind them, getting closer and closer, there were starting bangs that rattled on the tree trunks, the cracking of twigs as they broke, the yells of ha-ha and ho-ho, and now their friend the hare with his two young rushed past close beside them and into the clearing. Bang! Ping! Bam! The thunder crashed. 
Bambi saw the hare did a somersault as he ran, and fell with his pale belly facing upwards, and then just lay there. He twitched a few times, but then he was still. Bambi stood there as if made of stone. From behind he heard shouts of, They're here! Everyone just get out! A widespread rustling of wings as they hurried, unfurled, whistling, sobbing, whoosh of foliage, flapping. The pheasants rose up, lifted themselves up almost all at the same time like the straw in a sheaf. The air burst with many thunderclaps, and the muffled impact of the fallen could be heard as they hit the ground. The fine whistling of the survivors rang out as they flew away. Bambi stopped and looked back. There he was. He was coming out from the undergrowth, here and there and there again. He was appearing everywhere, striking everywhere, damaging the bushes, drumming on the tree trunks, and shouting terrifying cries. Now, said his mother, straight ahead, and don't come too close behind me. And with one leap, she was out of the woods. And that's where we'll leave it for tonight. Wow. He is a problem. <laughs> we'll continue with this and uh, finish up this chapter coming up on uh, Wednesday night on the Jay Sheldon Show. And uh, wow. Drama, drama, huh? All right, folks. I will see you again Wednesday. We will be live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch.tv, and, of course, Rumble.com. Uh, until then, thanks for watching. Be sure you like and subscribe. It's free. doesn't cost you a dime. It really helps the show out a lot. This is The Jay Sheldon Show. Snort. <laughs>